Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is the Retirement Ready Podcast with President and Founder Eric Peterson of Peterson Financial Group, Iowa's retirement specialists with an office in West Des Moines. It's time to make sure that you're retirement ready. All right, Eric, so being a good advisor, right? It's not always about being, I don't know, you know, winning a popularity contest, right? You're, you're not mm-hmm. supposed to always say the things that people want to hear, I suppose. At least I don't think about it that way. I think, hey, if something's not right, I want you to tell me. Don't sugarcoat it, right? Kind of let me know what's going on so that, you know, we can get it fixed versus saying, oh, you're always doing a great job, you know, patting you on the back kind of thing. I think there's some industries where maybe you want somebody to be a yes man, but this doesn't seem like that would be one of those, you know, where you'd want people to, you know, give you the straight skinny as it were, right? Right, right. Well, that's as a fiduciary, that's what you're supposed to do. You have to do that. Exactly. You know, Um, go ahead. Oh, well, the analogy I tell people is one where, you know, let's say you're going to the butcher because you're, you know, thinking about uh, grilling out this weekend and asking him what's good. And the right. butcher is sitting there telling you, oh, we got, you know, these steaks in from this area. We got these chops from this area. You know, they're never looking at you saying, hey, you know, maybe your cholesterol is a little high. Maybe we should talk <laughs> about maybe getting some fish. Right. You right. know. So that's the difference between um, you know a butcher and a dietitian. A dietitian's going to take all your measurements and say, "Hey, you know, lay off the red meat, eat fish, you know, five six days a week, or chicken, you know, to get back on track." Gotcha. So yeah. a financial salesperson is going to try and sell you the best stuff that they have, where a fiduciary is going to look at all, take all your measurements, and then make recommendations based on what you need. Yeah, the best advice that you need for your situation. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. So I've got some areas here where some opinions might not be as popular with what might, the industry might say or, or some of those things. So let's just go through and talk about a couple of them. You give us your take on it. Uh, appropriate uses of life insurance. Let's just start there because obviously that's changed so much in the last decade or whatever. But I think that the key in that statement I just made is the appropriate use of life insurance. Correct. Correct. And, you know, what these big life insurance companies do, you know, Northwestern Mutuals, the Prudentials, all those companies, they, you know, take these kids out of college and they tell them this is the greatest tool ever invented since sliced bread and you got to go out and just give this to everyone everyone needs life insurance the old thing used to be if they can fog a mirror they need life insurance because what does it do it pays when you no longer fog that mirror right it's to cover should you die and anytime someone dies there's financial obligations there's there's a financial hole that's left behind now if you die sooner than later younger in life i should say there's a bigger hole, right? Especially if you're married, have kids, and mm-hmm. have a mortgage, and all that kind of stuff. If right. you die later in life, you're retired. Maybe not such a big hole financially, big hole, you know, with all your connections and and people that you care about, things like that. But financially, you have assets that you've saved, those types of things. So you can't look at life insurance um, in those just those terms. You have to look at it as you get to retirement, at least. Is that it's one of the only asset classes out there that's still tax free. Okay, that's a great look. All this, yeah. So you look at more tax arbitrage. You know, people always ask me in the class because we we cover life insurance in the class. And so by the time I reach retirement, I don't need it because I have all this money saved in my four hundred one k. House is paid off. Kids are independent. They're on their own. They're doing fine. They don't need us for moral support. 
you know, I have a pension, Social Security. If I die, my wife still has plenty of money or vice versa. So I don't need life insurance. And I say, well, yes, you don't need it for the original reasons you bought it was to pay off the mortgage, educate the kids and replace the income. But all that money in your 401k and IRA is 100 percent taxable. So how much tax ramifications does your surviving spouse have when everything they turn to is 100 percent taxable and their tax rate changes because they go to a single status from married status? So he wrote an article about this, um, was published in Kiplinger's magazine, how a surviving spouse's tax rate goes up by 400% on an income just around $60,000. Wow. Right. So you do life insurance is a tool. You know, It's not the ultimate tool. It is a good tool. And its big benefit is that the proceeds from life insurance are tax-free. Okay? It's not subject to income taxes. It can be subject to estate taxes if you're over the estate tax level, but you have to do different planning. There's full disclosure. But most of t- it's going to be income tax-free, which is a great way to leave money to people that you care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? so, and, and that estate planning number, though, that, that's pretty high, right? The estate tax plan. You've got to have a pretty- It's like $24 million. Yeah, you've got to have a pretty sizable asset, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is not going to be the case for a lot of us uh, folks. So definitely have that conversation around it because, again, the appropriate use of life insurance could make a nice difference in your retirement planning strategy. Eric, just kind of like the next point as well, again, whether to pay off the house or not can be an unpopular opinion. People kind of go back and forth on this. You've got some that really beat the drum and some that say, you know, it's not that big of a deal. There's a lot of ways you could view this. If, if we just take out the tummy rule, like it's just going to make me feel good to no longer have a, have a house <laughs> payment. Look at it from just maybe the number standpoint. Yeah, like that sleeve of Oreos will make me feel good in my tummy. <laughs> That's a great right. way to, yeah. I like that. <laughs> but yeah, so a lot of people say, well, I don't want to retire until my house is paid off. And I try to tell them, don't let that be the only thing stopping you from retirement. If you can afford retirement and you want to go, go. Don't begrudge yourself by getting up every morning, putting on clothes to go to a job that you don't like just because you got a mortgage payment. If you account for that mortgage, that mortgage is going to pay off at some time, right? It's not going to go on forever. Right. And it's a debt that it doesn't change. Uh, the principal and interest on that mortgage payment doesn't change. Now, taxes and insurance will go up. If you have those reserved out of your payment, then, yeah, it looks like it's going up. But if you pay them separately, the mortgage payment won't won't change on you, if it's on a fixed rate, by the way. So just, you know, if, if, if you can afford it, just do it, right? And I do not recommend taking, you know, some people come say, okay, well, I got, you know, $50,000 left on my four, on my uh, mortgage. Right. I've got uh, the money. I'm, yeah. Let me yeah, just I'm do pull it. it on my 401k. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you're not just going to pull out 50. You got to pull out all the taxes that you need to cover to net that 50. And depending on your other income, that could push you into all kinds of other issues, especially when it's around Social Security and Medicare taxation and those types of things. And so, now maybe that retirement account is also not going to be growing or doing what you originally planned for as well. Well, you take it out, you put it in the house. What if you need it back out? Right. How do you get exactly. money back out of a house? Right. Well, you, you know, you're dealing with a broken dryer. You can't just go get it out of the dryer, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So you can't cut a hole in the, in the, in the uh, wall and just reach in and pull dollars out. You either have to borrow against it or you got to sell it. And so that's why I try to tell people, if you have the money to pay off the house, but it's in another account, your house is basically paid off. You're just transferring the assets over time. And the later in life that you are on that loan, you're paying mostly all principal anyways. You've already paid all the interest because the interest is front-loaded on a mortgage, which is weird, but it is. So basically, you're just transferring dollars, but at a slower clip, which means you're keeping the tax rate down on those dollars, which is more beneficial when you're taking money out of retirement accounts. So has this conversation kicked up more under the current, you know, tax jobs act that we've been in the last couple of years because of the way 
the um, what am I trying to think of here? You know, the deductions. The deductions. You, the yeah. standard deduction. Yeah. Has that changed that argument a lot? It seems like it has. Yeah, because most people are not right. able to itemize right now. True. Because yeah. of the salt limitation. So even though they have interest, let's say they have you know $6,000 of mortgage interest, well, their salt limitation is 10000 if they're married, filing jointly. That's only sixteen. Well, your standard deduction is 24000 mm-hmm. So right. okay, it's, yeah. it's not benefiting you that way. Okay. No. So that's another good, I mean, again, a conversation piece to have because sometimes there's that unpopular opinion as to what to do with it, keep it, not keep it, you know, pay it off, whatever the case is. So certainly something worth having a conversation around. And that's what we're talking about here on Retirement Ready, 515-226-1500, unpopular opinions. Sometimes you want your advisor telling you things that you may not want to hear if it's going to benefit you in the long run so you can go through that process and get it handled versus waiting until it's too late. Uh, What about the appropriate uses of annuities? Okay, we talked about life insurance. You know, we're dropping the A word, right? Sometimes people get (laughs) all, oh, my God, annuities, you know? Right. In fact, we had a um, a couple that came in and – they were coming for another appointment and uh, he said he was talking on the way in with his wife about how long it was take for me to mention annuity <laughs> as a solution for him. I thought it was kind of funny. So I asked him, well, did I win the bet? He's like, yeah, you did. He has a big tax problem. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when we look in the realm of tools that you can use that can shelter from taxes, there's only a handful of them. You can either do retirement plans, qualified plans like 401ks, IRAs, that type of stuff. Well, this person's retired, so they don't have earned income, so they can't put money into those things. All right, so that's shut off. So the only other thing that you could use is a life insurance, put money into life insurance, or you could put money into annuities, or you could buy municipal bonds. Those are about the three things that you can do. So the annuity wasn't, you know, you don't need it for income, you're fine, but what you put into an annuity is sheltered from current taxation until you go to take it out. So that's the reason I'm, you know, talking to you about them because it is one of the aspects of an annuity is tax shelter. Okay, they're tax qualified, just like an IRA is. And annuities do things that other things can't do, other financial tools can't do because they're issued by insurance companies. So the annuity is going to carry with it some things that maybe you like. Maybe there's some safety components to it. Maybe there's some things that guarantee income. Maybe there's things that'll pay out if you're in a nursing home or you can't do the activities of daily living. It'll help with that assistance. Mm-hmm, Fully, right. you know, pays out at death, so it transfers real easily. Avoids probate. All those types of things. So when you list out what annuities, if you just list out the the attributes of an annuity and don't call it an annuity, and people say, oh, yeah, that sounds good. I want all that stuff. Okay, well, that's an annuity. Well, I don't like annuities. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's another tool. It could be like that hex yeah. driver, you know, where you need a hex driver versus a standard Phillips head. Right. You know, yeah. It's just, it's just a different type of a tool. So you got to keep your mind open as you look at retirement planning, the different tools that are available. And today's annuities are not your grandfather's annuities. A lot of people think when I my give money to an insurance company for an annuity, it's just a promise to pay. And so if I die, the insurance company keeps my money. Well, that's the old, that's what we call an immediate annuity. That's one way to use them, but there's a whole world of other types of annuities that you could use just for safe growth and take withdrawals and things like that. So you just have to keep your mind open about what they can do for you because they are powerful tools, but they're not for everyone. But you don't want to just, you know, poo-poo them just because you say, I don't like annuities. Right. You've been listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast. If you have questions about what you've heard on today's podcast and would like to schedule a complimentary retirement readiness review with Eric Peterson and the team at Peterson Financial Group, call now. 515-226-1500 is the number to dial. That's 515-226-1500. They are Iowa's retirement specialists and standing by to help you achieve your financial and retirement goals. Want to ask a question online? Visit the team at askericpeterson.com. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Ready Podcast, making sure that you're retirement ready.
Did you know that Eric Peterson also has a radio show? Tune in to the Retirement Ready Radio Show, Sundays at noon on AM 1040. WHO. Peterson Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies every day using a variety of insurance and investment products to meet their specific goals. We are not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. The information presented is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of securities or investment strategies. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Investing involves risk in including the loss of principal. No investment strategy can guarantee a profit or protect against loss in periods of declining values. Any references to protection benefits or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Investment advisory services offered through Peterson Financial Group, Inc., a registered investment advisor.